Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode of We Speak Politics. I'm your host, Maxwell Billion, and I'm sitting here with my guest, Jackie Gingrich Cushman. See, I like I like it when you say Billion. Like I, I, I can't Maxwell say that. Billion. Billion? No, still not right. I'll work on it. <laughs> you say it just fine. So let me tell you a little bit about Jackie. Jackie is the daughter of former Republican Speaker of the House and presidential candidate Newt Gingrich. She is a top-selling author. She's a Generation Xer. And, unfortunately, she's a Republican. No, I'm just kidding, Jackie. So, Jackie, let me tell you and all of the listeners why I chose to do this podcast. Gen X is the really the first time we have ever seen, during our generation, the collision of pop culture and politics, which is what got us our very wonderful president, um, Donald J. Trump. Well said. Right? That's what got us this collision of Pop culture and politics. And before Trump, look, the most famous person in the world before Donald Trump was Kim Kardashian. And that's as pop culture as we've ever seen America, maybe even the and world. And she was everywhere. Everywhere, everything. But he's even more everywhere. And he is bigger now. I see. I saw the rankings on Google. Donald Trump has actually surpassed Kim Kardashian for the most well-known person on planet Earth. Everybody knows who this guy is. And that's what happens when you have... A New York developer, reality TV star, mm. and social media. And so, not to mention the wall-to-wall, twenty-four-hour cable coverage all, of his run. All married together, absolutely. At, all happening at one time. Well, and then you have him. I mean, you know, he loves he loves it. Absolutely. Are you kidding? Absolutely. He gets up every day and says, "Look, I think I'm going to tweet something. Let's see what happens." Donald Trump, for the first time we see a president not being watched, not having to follow anything chapter and verse and being having a free for all to say what he thinks, what he feels. And whether we agree with them or disagree with them, the one thing he has done is he has caused a collision of pop culture and politics where now the average person, Jackie, who was never, ever interested now they can't tear themselves they away. Can't it's get like away. a train wreck. You they... can't stop looking at it. Absolutely. It is unbelievable because you don't know what's going to happen next. I'm seeing commercials for C SPAN on popular television now. Huh? <laughs> C SPAN? Really? That's what we're doing? Yes. Well, I because mean, because people are engaged in politics. They want to see at... Alexandria Ocasio Cortez on C SPAN. You can watch her now say something that is jaw dropping. And before and probably factually incorrect, but it's certainly draw dropping. More than more than likely, yes. our AOC yes. is a little bit off. off she to, is, off but to she the but she's not afraid to say it regardless. And that's the culture that we live in. That's exactly right. Pop culture and politics now are one in the same. And frankly speaking, if you're not in tune with with both of them, you, you you're kind of behind. You you got to be in tune with both of them because they're happening at the same time. But I do think the good thing that's happened with this president. I mean, we, we can talk later about issues we agree or disagree on but the one thing that i think is great is that more people are paying attention to politics yes but the problem than ever. is than ever which i think is fabulous absolutely but i think more than just pay attention is they start to have to really understand and do something about it and yes. that's why this podcast is so important absolutely absolutely and for most of you who weren't tuned in and if you're just tuning in now this is the first ever episode of we speak politics podcast i'm maxwell billion jackie cushman and we are going to be discussing today exactly what means and what you can expect from us because as my mama would say child we got something for you absolutely 
And what we have for you is the understanding that now is our turn. This is Gen X's turn. We have spent our time and we're, we're, we're in jobs. We're successful. We're making money. We're raising families. Mm-hmm. We're doing everything right. And it is time for us to step up and get involved in politics. Yeah, because the one thing that we have not done as a generation, because let's be frank, we had a lot of access from the baby boomers, from the, you know, the marching, from civil rights to women's rights to voting rights, freedom of speech acts. We, we've had we've benefited Generation X from a lot. And that caused us to have a certain access and, and attain a certain level of success. Not all of us, but more than any other generation before us. The one thing we have not gotten, that we haven't done, is get engaged in politics and changing our nation and changing government and changing our communities. And as Jackie, as you said, it's our turn. It's our turn. It's not just our turn. It's our responsibility. It is. I mean, we have to take ourselves seriously. Yeah. I mean, we cannot leave this country the way it currently is. We have got to do better. We better not leave this country. The Absolutely way it is. We not. There is there is too much ranting and raving. There's too much arguing about this and that. There's too little talk between different camps, and we've got to fix that. And with regard to we speak politics as a whole, um, it's fun. Look, look I mean, <laughs> let, let, let's let's be honest. You know, a lot of the candidates, Trump got a lot of the coverage going through the campaigns because the guy is entertaining. Is he office rocker? Absolutely. Some of the others are off their rockers, too, even on the opposite side of the aisle. But the one thing about Trump that you can say is that he knows how to give a good show. He knows how to tap dance and get people that were generally not interested in politics engaged. The question, Jackie, is now what the hell do you do now that you're paying attention? Well, I think, first of all, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're, first of all, to give you a place to listen, to learn what's happening, to think about things differently, to challenge you, actually, to go out into your communities, to reach across the aisle, to meet different people, to mm-hmm. get out of your bubble. This is exactly what we're about. We're here to take you on this journey with us. It is so important for our country that we do something different. We just can't sit back and let someone do whatever they want. we got to take charge. It is our turn to take charge. It is our turn to step up. And I'm looking forward to it. Everybody else, you're more than welcome to come to this party at We Speak Politics because this is for you. But this is the voice of Generation X. This is the middle, the middle generation that has been quiet, that has been silent. And now we are speaking the hell up, Jackie. It's time. So let's give the listeners a little bit. Let's t- talk a little bit about you because I know. Why do I, I got to? Because I, I, I like to make you go first. <laughs> Makes me happy. Um, and because I'm a fr- I know you like to talk about yourself, so I'm going to get you started. I'm going to cut you off eventually. Oh! But uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. And so it begins. I'm just teasing. Um, but no, no. We, but I think we're an interesting pair. You, we'll, we'll talk about that because we, we have some differences and people can't see us. So we got to. Talk about who we are. They can probably tell I'm a woman from my voice. You're a woman. You're a woman. I'm a man. You're a man. And, and so, so I'll give you guys a, a bit of my background. So I am an African-American um, reality show co-host from the city of Compton. Compton's in the house. I'm from NWA's, Dr. Dre's, all that stuff that you saw straight out of Compton. I'm from that city, born and raised, went to went to high, every school. All my schools were, were in California and and uh, and I grew up during the crack cocaine 80s and so I saw a lot of a lot of death my best friend was shot uh, when I was 19 years old right between the eyes and before him leading up to that um, four of my closest friends all died because of crack cocaine drugs and gangs and so my preparation for 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 the world came with a, a lot of upheaval early on. But I but I'm also the child of a politician. My mom held public office. My dad was a cop. And my uncle was Lieutenant Governor of California. 
And, um, and so, so, so a family of service, fa- a family civil of service, right? Hardcore work, right? Where, where Jackie, that was absolutely. That's what you probably talked about. My responsibility. I talked about it at the dinner table every night. From what, day what one, what was going on? From day one, you're always discussing change. You're listening to it when, when I was a child. The last thing I want to be hearing is you know the adults at the table talking about change and who's doing what and communal change and the big picture and starting to understand that and all of that stuff um, grew on me. And then and then I got into the music business when I was in college. And um, that showed me women, <laughs> and 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 how and how I could have lots and lots of them, and I lost all interest in politics. I just wanted to, you know, you're you having fun. I wanted to have fun. I wanted you're, to make you're being money. successful, right? You're making money. Black James Bond. Leroy, I was Leroy Bond, right? <laughs> Leroy Bond. I was Le- yeah. Leroy Leroy Bond, <laughs> and I wanted to go around the planet and see the world. Um, I saw Michael Jackson going around the world and Prince going around the world and all of the people that I idolized at that time. I was, eight, you know, an 80s kid, right? So these were the stars, the mm-hmm. Bon Jovi's, yeah. the Aerosmiths. And you're I, right there with them. I'm right there. You're on them. Yeah, MTV has is, is become a thing which changed our lives. And you got the Beastie Boys doing records with Run DMC. And, and so there was this amazing collage um, and collision of cultures as, a, as an 80s kid, right, growing up in the 80s, that allowed us access to each other. And I saw it in college. And then I've got the ability to travel in the entertainment industry and see that, hey, everything that I thought was fact was not so. When I, when I lived in Tokyo, it was you didn't operate the same way in Tokyo that you right. operated in Compton. When I mm-hmm. lived in London, you didn't operate the same way in London that you operated when I lived in Tokyo and, and Hong Kong. And I mean, just on down the road, whether whatever continent I've lived on, at some point in time, you have to learn that in order to survive, in order to thrive there, you've got to immerse yourself in the culture of other people. You've got to understand the you community. You've got to understand, right? And that, that taught me the appreciation of other ethnic groups, of other faiths, um, of other nationalities, and being able to accept them, right, and take part in their world and not just disenfranchising what they believe because it's something different than what I believe. But what did that make you realize about our country? So when I I remember the first time, the longest time I lived out of the country at that point in time was in my um, late 20s. And I lived in London for two and a half years. Coming back, I had a bit of an accent. Right. (laughs) I did. I did. I came back and and I went back to Compton. I I went back to Compton. It was like. That's so bad. It was like, Negro, what? Oh, no. What did you say? Right. And I didn't I really honestly didn't know that I said certain words like this. I just didn't know that it would just it would just pop out every now and then because I just got sort of used to pronounce pronunciating or I'm sorry, enunciating and pronouncing. Excuse me. See, that was the as you heard it that was right, the where you were yeah, as I heard it. Yeah. yeah. So you so that when I when I did that, I remember my eldest niece said to me, Ugh, you talk funny. And what that showed me was that. Wow, if you immerse yourself in a culture, even down to the way that you speak, you will take a piece of who and what they are, right? If you're open to receiving it, you will take a piece of it. And that's when I started to look at America as the as being and creating a different cosm that we were no longer could no longer afford to be just black and just white and these two perspectives only, right? That we had to create our own cosm, which we had done and I'd seen on MTV that we created this other cosm, that we that we now needed to really take part in that and shape it. But I didn't want to stop making money. Yeah. I didn't want to stop the you're chasing good, women. You're a good Gen Xer, right? Yeah. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to, capitalism was deep in the blood. I did not want to come back. I did not want to come back and, and change any of that. So fast forward to, to years later, 
I was living in Morocco, and my uncle, before he passed away, he was he left um, um, life just after he retired from the Senate, and he said, "Hey, you need to come back and get get involved." It's time, you know, the money and all that stuff is great, but really, how is that going to change the planet? You, you're never going to be the the richest guy, and the, all that stuff is is great, but it doesn't change. What's your lasting legacy? Yeah, That's what you're exactly. Thinking. What's your exactly. lasting legacy? And my lasting legacy at that point was, ooh, I see this amazing Porsche. <laughs> driving down Mohammed like, Sank your laughing legacy could be stolen okay that's yeah, what you're telling me right? and so I'm just <laughs> it wasn't going, yours it was whoever was driving it yeah and, but you know the success of Generation X just said hey I'm not marching I'm not marching in my Tom Fords I'm not getting out there and, and you know wearing out my Yeezys on you know go, going up to the Capitol to boycott the, the generation before me the baby boomers did that pick at this and pick at that so that I don't have to do it. So I'm going to partake in success. And I recognize um, after he passed away that that was not the way to change, that I had to get involved. And that's what helped me garner this mentality that I have today. That Hey, we're Gen X and we speak politics. And so now my desire, my goal is to have Generation X have a voice that changes our nation. We are the very first generation that had complete access to one another. I, I, Jackie and I could go to school together. We could work the same job together. We eat at the same restaurants together. We go on the, to the same vacation places together. That we have this access to each other, and that gives us the the ability to change this nation. And that is what I believe that Generation X should be doing. I think that's so important because I think because we were the first generation to really grow up together. I think sometimes we forget that. Yeah. I think we forget it. And I forget, I think we forget how different our generation is from the one before. And I think we see it in our children. I think, and I think it's obvious, but I think we're kind of the transition and we've been so busy making money, being successful, raising children, doing all the right things in our little area that we haven't pulled ourselves up and said, okay, what can we do for the future? Yeah. What can we do for for the future? Beyond ourselves. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into WeSpeakPolitics.com. Maxwell Billion. And I'm Jackie Gingrich Cushman. And we're going to talk about her now because I said enough about myself. She's not going to get me just sitting here. <laughs> just teasing. <laughs> ja- Jackie. Gingrich Cushman. Um, I was born in New Orleans, but I grew up in Carrollton, Georgia. Carrollton. Carrollton. You guys said like Carrollton. How far? Car- Carrollton? Car- very good. Carrollton. It? Mm-hmm. It's Carrollton, but it's Carrollton how you pronounce Carrollton's it. how you pronounce there. it. Carrollton. How far outside of Atlanta it's, it's a full hour um, without traffic that's, to the west of Atlanta. It's, it's rural Georgia, and especially when I was growing up, it was rural Georgia. Mm-hmm. We'd come into Atlanta twice a year, once to um, buy fall clothes for the fall for school, and once to see the Nutcracker. And that was it. <laughs> that's when you came to the city. We, we did. The, you, wait, what was the first one? To, to buy clothes for, for school. To buy clothes. Because out there they had, you were Evidently, wearing I, I, I don't potato know what sacks we, and pilgrim hats. Pretty, pretty much. But um, we would come in, we'd go, we'd go to the mall, we'd go to Greenbrier Mall, because it was the mall closest to Carrollton. Right. And we would, um, I'd have $100 I could spend, and it would take me all day. I'd put everything on, just on hold, right, until I could figure out what I could afford. And then I'd go back and, you know. On we'd layaway? Look at, Did they on, have layaway? No, it was, it was on hold because I couldn't, I didn't even buy it. I just wanted to see, I'd look at everything, right? Go to all the stores, put on hold. Um, but yeah, my, my dad was a co- college professor. Mm-hmm. It's my dad's Newt Gingrich. So I, I grew I grew up way into politics. I love how you just way. rambled that out, by the way. My dad's Newt Gingrich. And, um, Newt Gingrich. Um, yeah, so he, he started running before I can remember. He started running in 1974. And um, it was a grassroots campaign. So his district at the time was the Atlanta airport west to 
to Alabama, down south to Griffin, and then some north. So it was a very big geographic district. That's huge. It's in the 70s. So you have you have no social media. You have no internet. You have newspaper. You have radio. You have a lot of rural radio. Um, and we couldn't afford the, the Atlanta stations. I mean, they're just too expensive to get on to get on any kind of TV. Right. So most of that campaigning was done um, from a car, traveling from small city to small city, uh, which I spent a lot of time doing with my friends. Somehow he managed to um, talk us talk us into that. That was a fun way to spend yeah. your, your weekend. I'm not sure how we fell for that, but, but you're what uh, six seven at this time. I was yes, uh, yes, six seven. So he, um, we did that for he. He lost the first time. He ran for two years and he lost in '74. Uh, and if you remember, that was right after Nixon, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, you're a Republican in Georgia. That's right. At that time, people don't remember, but at that time there were no Republicans elected in Georgia. Pretty much, there was. Oh yeah, it was a it was a Democratic state. It was a blue state in '74. I, I can't remember blue and red. You're gonna confuse me. Um, so it was a, evidently it was a blue. I don't know. It was a blue or red state. It was a whatever. I don't even care. Anyway, it was it was a Democratic state, and um, and then so the next year, the next time he ran was '76. And if you remember, that was when guess who ran for president? Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Put Carter George on the map. He did. Absolutely. Um, and so dad was running. He was doing really well. He thought he had a chance. And then Carter got ahead in the primaries and he thought, "Ooh, this is going to be tough. Yeah, it went Democratic. And he worked hard the whole time. He said he realized when he went to his polling place, which was in Carrollton, it was the Neva Lomason Library. He pulled up to vote that day in 76, saw the buses show, show up because the party, the Democratic Party were, were busting, busting in people. Them in. And he realized they were not there to vote for Newt Gingrich. Mm-hmm. They were there to vote for Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were there to vote for Jimmy Carter. And he did not win again, but he ran a third time, and he won in 1978. Wow, it's persistence. Yeah. And you're taking all this in, because you're the age of influence. I am the point. age of influence. And yeah. it, believe it or not, this could be hard for you to believe. You may fall, you may fall out of your chair. <laughs> I, was the qui- I was the quietest child. I know your eyes are getting really big. What? I was so quiet. I was so quiet. That I was is not true. I was I'm so, gonna I, ask. I'm gonna ask. You don't your believe sister. me. You, you can ask. You can ask Kathy. She'll tell you. Uh, but I, I sat. I read. I watched. Um, you know. And so, but he he went to Congress, um, and then my parents got divorced. I moved back to Carrollton after a couple of years, um, and so I've always been, you know, the daughter of Newt Gingrich. Mm-hmm. By the time I can remember it, he was already either running or a congressman, and um, then as became he, he, you know, he led the Republican Revolution. Then he became Speaker of the House. Um, and then in, in 2012, he ran for president. Mm-hmm. And I actually helped him with that campaign and did a lot of the interviews um, for his campaign, usually the ones on the unfriendly cable channels were right. my specialty. Absolutely. MSNBC, loved it. It's always always a good show. I'm going to look those up. That's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been on with Rachel Maddow. It's, oh, it's great. There's <gasps> no, there's, oh, yes. Absolutely. You, win, you and Rachel win? Absolutely. Oh, I got to see this. I was, I was in Florida doing a rem, do it from remote. There's nothing better than a nasty show. It's great. Um, <laughs> but, then, but my background's finance. I have an MBA. I have a CFA. I worked in corporate finance. Um, I ran a $3 billion um, division for planning for a wireless company. That's three billion, she three said. Three billion, ladies and gentlemen. Not, not for all you would-be millionaires. Three billion, um, and then I have two children. Uh, one's in college, and one's in high school. And you know, for me, this is really important for a couple of reasons. First of all, because I have kids. Yeah. And my kids are much older than yours, but you know, I watch them talk about politics, think about politics, and quite frankly, they don't want to get involved that much because it's so polarizing, mm. and that concerns me because you can't have something that is so 
polarizing that people don't even want to talk about it because yeah. you can't make progress. Yeah. You can't get anything done. It's very concerning. And the second thing is now that they've kind of, you know, they're a little, they're, they're beyond your kids. They're out of elementary school. They're in high school or college. Is I really feel like now is the time to do more than just community work because right. I've been very involved in our community, which quite frankly is where most of the work has to happen. Mm-hmm. But I really think we all need to for Generation X. It is time for us to sit back to really think about what we want to accomplish in our lifetimes, what legacy we want to leave. That's right. More than just, and I know it's nice having a pretty car, mm-hmm. but we need to do more than that. That's right. We need to pave the way. We need to change the way we interact with one another about politics. We need to work on finding solutions, and we need to make sure that we hand that over to our children yeah. when the time is right. Yeah, you know, the, I love what you're saying, Jackie, because the, one of the biggest things in doing that is that we get to do what no one has ever done before, which which is we get to step side of part, partisan ideals and do and have generational ideals because we had an access to each other where we actually get to sit down and talk with each other and find out where the middle is. And I think that's what I know that's what people can really expect from us here is the middle the middle voice. You have all, you have look the far right and the far left and all that that's taken care of. You got there's a lot of that out there. There's a ton of far lefties and righties. Everybody's saying the wildest, craziest things to get airtime. But the truth is, to balance is where you get success. Balance is where you get progress, and that balance is found in the middle. If you put a teeter totter, you know, on on a, in a you know two children on each side of the teeter totter, they're just going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. The balance is in the center. And that's what we are here. The Generation X is the middle generation. We're right between the baby boomers and the millennials. So we are the balance. We've got to create this voice of balance. And that's what We Speak Politics, the podcast, is all about. It is about creating the middle voice, the middle ground. The other thing that I think that you're going to hear on this show that you won't hear other places is you're going to hear us talk about areas where we actually disagree as well, mm-hmm. but do so in a way that is respectful. That's right. Where we learn something. And we can figure out what other areas we can work on. There's nowhere else in this nation that you can actually turn and look at anyone having a respectable disagreement. No. They're screaming at one another. All the time. Or they're, or they're talking about how horrible they are, or that whole group is, or those other people over there, or, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, or yeah. they're just terrible, terrible people. Yeah. It, and it happens at the highest levels. Absolutely. And that, and that trickles down, and we now we see it's normal in regular society every single day, just to your neighbor, where you just can't talk. You cannot have a dialogue. And the sad thing is we've become so polarized as a nation that most Americans don't have a friend, a close friend, in the other party. That's right. It's absolutely not. I want to challenge everybody. You know what? Go go find somebody. Yeah. And, and just, you don't have to be your best friend. Just go talk to them. You work with them. They're, they're a human being. Come yes. on. I mean, have, have a discussion. I guarantee you that, you that the average Gen Xer works with someone else closely who does not feel the way that they feel on every issue or agree with them or represent is a member of a different party. Guaranteed, because Gen X had the access. Somebody you went to college with, somebody you work in the cubicle next to you with, with. If you're an entrepreneur, another entrepreneur that you know, everybody doesn't agree on every single thing, but you got to get engaged in dialogue with them. But but this show is going to show you how to do that in a way that's respectful and not scream at each other not hate on each other Absolutely. not talk about how horrible they are we may have a little fun may, I, may, I may tease Maxwell a little bit she teases it's I tease a, I, I do, take it I, I do. skin you do I think you like it I do I, absolutely, do. I absolutely enjoy so we, it we, we can do the teasing but we're not going to be hateful the we're not going to be mean teasing me in my life is exactly <laughs> what I need
Yeah. We're not going to be hateful. We're not going to be mean. We're not going to rant and rave here. None no, of that. It's not, it's not necessary. Seven out of ten things that they say the average American, most Americans on both sides now, not most, but there's a large number of Americans on both sides of the aisle that now consider themselves independent, Republican and Democrat alike. And the reason for that is they don't subscribe to every single ideal of the party, mm-hmm. you know, and th- and that's where we need to be. And as Generation X, we have the ability to do that. And Jackie, let me say that, look, Gen X we're a juggernaut, you guys. We got it going on. We travel more than any other generation. We have more millionaires than any other generation. We have more college graduates than any other generation. We consume more than any other generation. Generation X is the generation of change. We were born on to change. What are you, Generation X? I think it's 68 now to 83 or something like that. Right in, the, right in there. It's 68 or 69, right to right around 83 or 84. Somewhere around that around that spot. It's changed a couple of times on Wikipedia. That's why I don't exactly. know. Exactly. All right. It keeps changing. I'll look at, I'll look at it while you look. But for, for the most part, that generation is when we saw change. It's when we saw Voting Rights Acts actually take place. It's why we saw Equal Opportunity Acts actually take place in college. It's where we saw diversity agendas, actual initiatives actually take place. It's where we saw um, uh, uh, feminism actually start to rise and get, and get a voice. And we've seen it happen and happen and happen and happen. And we got the benefit of it. Now, you guys, it's our time. It's our turn to give that back and to and to, to utilize our prowess as power. Absolutely. I think we've been, I've been, as a generation, we've been far too quiet on the political side because we've been so involved in being successful financially with our family. But we've got to step up. It is our turn to step up. Um, and the, so the age range, I did look at it. It's, it's currently, the current listing is 65 to 1979. Well, they threw some they, they're all, there to I know. Cool. <laughs> that is just always, not it. always... <laughs> There is no Don't be way. hating on different generations. Come on, let's be nice. We're all about we're all about loving here. We're not about hating. Come on, Maxwell. Uh, before if it gets down to like the nineteen late nineteen fifties, we're gonna have to march. We're gonna have to march. You're tuned in to We Speak Politics, the podcast, and I'm Maxwell Billione. Jackie Cushman. Jackie Cushman. And up next we're gonna talk about some things that we actually don't agree about. Jackie and I agree on a lot. Um, surprisingly, I think seven out of 10 things we probably agree on. Possibly. Right. Uh, um, uh, oh, if you didn't know, um, Jackie's a Republican. I'm a Republican. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I'm a Republican. Jackie's a, 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 a red. She's a red state. A red Republican. I'll remember red that. stands for the devil, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Red does not stand for the devil. <laughs> and and, 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 and I, I'm a Democrat. I'm not a liberal. I, I You're not cons- a liberal Democrat? I'm not a liberal Democrat. I would consider myself a moderate. I like all things in moderation. Then you're, you're, you're like a unicorn. You're like, you, you're the only one we have. We're going to have to keep you right here and keep you safe. I think I am. You're I'm like, the only moderate I know now. Oh They've all gone liberal. Moderate Democrat. They are. You're, you and maybe Joe Biden, but he's trending left pretty fast. He's trending left already. He was trending left yesterday, actually. I <laughs> exactly. He's, he's moving fast. Yeah, he's he's out there. But look, I believe the middle, the middle between the two um, is the way to make balance and and Jackie as a as a Republican look on paper Jackie and I are polar opposites Jackie you coming from a rural area me coming from from, from the Compton, city of, right. yeah of Compton like there's you're not, male I'm a female I'm black yeah I'm white so there's there's really nothing on paper that would suggest we would ever be in the same room together leave off actually be in the same room and be able to get things done together and that's just truly not the case absolutely not right Jackie and I have had lots lots of talks 
and lots of discussions about lots of issues. And we find that if you do it in a civil way and you know your stuff, then you can agree. But there are times, Jackie, when we have to agree to disagree. Absolutely. But that's, I think, where we're falling short as a society. We have to be able to disagree Mm -hmm. and do it agreeably. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And respect others' opinion. Absolutely. Even if I don't agree with you. So let, it's your opinion. Can, you can, can I, have it. Can I say one where I don't agree with you? you? You can say whatever you want. I think you're actually off your bonkers on this one. No, you're not off your bonkers. I, I, I could I, be. But 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 here's so let, let's let me throw this out because it's, it's a conversation that you and I have had and we've never actually we haven't come to an impasse on it, but we've never actually broken it down. So we know that the gay rights, African-American rights, these are these are have become necessary to me, necessarily protected groups in America, and um, especially with regard to legislation and legislation that affects them. And um, for those of you who were tuned out during um, Obama's um, tenure, maybe you missed out on the the Supreme Court decisions, excuse me, I'm mumbling, the Supreme Court decisions on gay rights and especially on gay marriage. And And there were cases, a couple of cases, big cases, where you had small businesses right Jackie small these are small businesses that did that did not feel maybe faith-based businesses that did not want to serve or service um, according to what the Supreme Court had mandated and the law mandated they didn't want to service um, gays in a specific function in a specific function specifically let's, yeah. Yeah, be clear here but let's go ahead and we'll, we can break down the example no no but yeah okay so so and that specific function um, for me, it doesn't matter what the function is. I believe that government should be making the decision as to, uh, to to prevent any any sort of bias whatsoever. I do not believe that you leave an open door for businesses in America or even at the state level for states to be able to decide who can and who cannot service a protected group. Hence, Gay marriage to me, if you if I want a cake, if I'm if I'm gay and me and my gay partner want to get a cake done at your business, um, my pineapple upside down cake. I don't know if there's a specific gay cake out there. Any any of my gay buddies, you guys got to tell me if there's gay cake. Um, is that is that pineapple I, I really, upside I really, down? I really don't think so. There's think, no there's no gay cake. I think you're nuts. Go ahead. <laughs> you're there, nuts. It's official. He's nuts. I go mean, ahead. I mean, strawberry shortcake. What are we talking with 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 cake? When I, when I go to the gay party, is there? Am I expected to eat a certain red velvet? Is I, that I've the, actually is, I've actually been to several gay weddings, and I've no never I've never noticed that there was a similar cake in every there one. There was no red velvet. I'll try to in start paying room. attention. Okay. Well, I like actually, red velvet. I, I love red velvet too. Right. So I don't think that's the that's the. I would remember that. Okay, so, so, um, um, I, I said all that to say that if I whatever cake it is that I want for my wedding, if I am gay, I believe that you cannot discriminate against me and tell me, and I'm using the word discriminate, Jackie, and tell me that no, because you are of a certain faith or of a certain belief, that you will not make my cake. I want my red velvet for my gay party or for my gay wedding. You have to make that cake for me. See, and that's an infringement of my ability to to, to follow my faith. Because so this is in, in this particular instance, there was a bakery and they would sell the gay cup the gay couple cookies or you know cupcakes or anything that they had in the bakery. They just didn't want to make the cake 
for the reception, which was a specific function. Now, let me back up and say, I think the Republicans, quite frankly, even though I'm a Republican, they totally missed the boat on gay marriage. Totally. They couldn't have done if they'd have tried to, to do the whole thing worse. I mean, you couldn't. They, they were horrible. Okay, How with, so? Because they, 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 they drug their heels. They didn't want to deal with it. They pretend like it didn't, wasn't going to happen. They pretend like it wasn't even an issue. They, for, for, for years and years and years, they was like, it'll just go. It'll go away. It'll go away. Gay marriage will go away. It's not. No, it's not going to go away. It's, it's stupid. What they should have done, in my opinion, is they should have said, OK, let's just we have separation of church and state. They should have said, OK, the state, the government, which is what they have control, right? The government control. The government will recognize civil unions because that's where all the and that would have been the legality of the you know hospital visits and the you know the, the sharing of the estate and all the financial stuff and the insurance and all of kind of the the, the contractual side right so that all the benefits the rights et cetera would would be the same regardless and then they should have said okay but from the marriage quote which is really a religious term as opposed to civil union the marriage can be done by any go to any church you want to that wants to perform that marriage and let them do it. Who can, wherever you want to go. I don't care. And if, they, and if they don't want to do it, they don't have to do it either because it has no legal, right, no legal ramifications from a from a, from a, um, a contractual side. And they should have totally pulled it apart. And that way, if you wanted to belong to some church that didn't agree with it, you, you could. Do, you could, but, but it would still be recognized by the state and the nation, the country, as a civil union. But not but marriage. No, but but not. But if but you could go to a church that re- recognizes marriage, which mine does. Okay, the church I go to recognizes gay marriage. You could go to my church and you can get married. Right. So you can go to, or you can not go to church. I mean, you know, I mean, you can do whatever you want. But is but is that? And I and I I get it. I had the same argument with my my cousin, who's a hardcore Democrat, and he said, "Well, why can't they call it civil union?" And I said, "Because it's called marriage. So why should they have to separate?" Civil union from marriage. Why do we as heterosexuals get to call it marriage and they have to call it something else? Well, no, they can call it marriage because they could go to any church that wants to marry them. But I mean, federally, why? Well, federal, well, I'd say I would pull apart for everybody, quite frankly. I mean, you, I mean, the reality is when you get, quote, married, right? So you don't just go to the church. They have to file the paperwork, mm-hmm. right, with the, with the government to Correct. say you're married, right? right? You don't just get married by a church. You said the right. civil process that joins you legally is filed, filed with government. Which is a civil union. Right. right. So I'm just saying it would be the same for both. So my sister, when she got married over over thirty years ago, to a man, to a man, okay, but didn't real. But the funny thing was, they got married in the church, and they didn't realize till years later that the the they didn't put the paperwork in. <laughs> so they were technically a gay couple at that they, point. <laughs> what they, exactly, they they did rectify it, but I'm just saying it's it's always been a two part process. We should have pulled it apart. But let's get back to this: the bakers. So the bakers in this instant, I actually think it was they should have the right to not produce a cake for a ceremony of a religious that they don't believe in okay which is what this happened what this, this was this is what happened but in the same in the same instance they should and they did they should provide any other basic function cupcakes cook, cookies whatever as they would to anybody else so for if, the if event, they walk for an event or for anything else if, they, if, the, if the, the gay couple walks in and wants to buy a cookie buy you know sell a cookie and they would they said they would sell a cookie they just didn't want to provide the cake for the reception. But that, to, see, to, again, as an African-American man, what that says to me is you can come in here and eat, but you have to sit in the back to do it. You Or you can't come in here and eat at this particular counter. If you want to get some food to go, you can get your food to go, but you can't sit at the counter with the rest of us. It sounds to me that this is another way 
for America to continue to separate to continue to separate groups that it doesn't agree with in lieu of saying, I don't agree with you. I don't have to agree with you, but it doesn't mean that you don't deserve all of the same rights that I get. Every single one. But of they them. weren't saying that they couldn't have a cake or they couldn't have cupcakes. But what about the 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 religious belief of the the baker, who, and based on his religion, I'm not I'm not agreeing with him because I don't agree with him. So that's not my point. So but people that say you're a horrible person that hates, that's not true. I don't I don't agree with his beliefs. Yeah. But I think he has a right to those beliefs. In and business. I, and I think he has a right to conduct his business. So if Ronald McDonald didn't want to give the the members of La Caja Faux Happy Meals, he should be able to say, no, La Caja Faux, you guys cannot eat here but because my religious beliefs. No, remember, they, they would sell them cakes and cut. they could come in and they could come in and get anything in the bakery. As so long they, as it's not for a gay, gay call. No, no, no. They could, they could, no, they could walk in and buy whatever they want. They didn't want to produce a cake for a special event. That so was they could atta- buy, attached to gays. But they, but the gays could come in and buy whatever they wanted. As long so, as you don't say you're gay. No, they could say they're gay. You they can't. Can say, you yes, can't, they can't. You, know, it was you for can the, say you're you gay, say, but you can't say this is for my. Hey, I'm gay. Hi, I'm Philip. This is for my me and my gay husband's first anniversary because we got married. Then and now the baker can say I'm not making strawberry shortcake for that. I think you just. I mean, assuming that Philip likes strawberry shortcake. I don't, I don't know what you like strawberry shortcake. I like strawberry shortcake. My mom likes strawberry shortcake. No. Um. Anyway, and um, I don't think I don't think the baker should have that right. He pays a federal tax. He is governed by federal law. I do not believe that he or she, and this isn't just Baker's. This was a case, you guys, that Jackie and I are talking about. But this is florist. This is photographers, videographers. They can they can refuse commercial wedding services to gay couples because you're only refusing it based on the premise that they are gay. They, it's not that they can't afford it. It's not that it's too far away. It's only because they are gay. That is discriminatory. So here's here's my question: If if you were looking for someone to do a cake, or to to, to be your your wedding planner, would you want to have someone? The guy do, who doesn't want to. Right? Would you want to have someone do it? I, I mean, I, I mean honestly, I mean, regardless of whether it was legal or not, I wouldn't want to have someone doing my wedding that didn't want to be there. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, regardless of legality. I mean, if they, no, if they you know, no, I I would not, but I would prefer to have the I would prefer that I don't know that he's the grand wizard of the KKK. I would just prefer that I don't know what his beliefs are in a place of business. I'm paying you a dollar. You charge a hundred dollars for the cake. Here's my hundred dollars for the cake. I just want my cake, dude. I don't want to. I don't know. Get in into in, what in you some believe. ways, I, I might prefer to know his beliefs because that way, if I don't believe, would don't agree with them, which I don't agree with him because I think it's fine. Right. I cannot go to his place of business anymore. You think of it that That's way. That's true. That's one angle. But now imagine that every business has this right. Imagine that Home Depot but, but, has this right to not sell me a screwdriver no, but because at, I'm gay. But look at the opposite. So we've recently had businesses get involved on the opposite side, which is looking at um, possible discrimination in terms of religious freedom or something else. They've weighed in very heavily in Georgia hmm. about their beliefs about certain legislation. Right. That, that is around social issues. Duh. So, so should, should corporations be able to do that? No. Or should they just do business? No, they should just do business. Business is business. It's capitalism. My, my but, gay but dollar is, the, is as good as a straight dollar. That's it. And take, and take my dollar. You can go in the back and talk about me all you want. You just can't do it out here. You can't publicly say you are not acceptable to 
to to what we believe where the bar is, where the line is. And, the, and off with us, the bar is that a man should be with a woman and a woman should be with a man. So at that point, if I, if I want to buy a screwdriver or a lawnmower from Home Depot, you cannot tell me I can't do that because you believe t- in something else. No, I totally believe that. But again, it's not a, it's not a, a walk up and get whatever you want. It's a customized service. It's different. I just think, I mean, honestly, again, I, would, I don't agree with a man. I would definitely, I mean, I don't care. I don't care what people are. I mean, I just, I'm very libertarian on social. I'm, I'm fiscally conservative, but I'm like way libertarian on social issues. I just don't care You're about. You're confused. I'm not confused. They're totally separate. <laughs> no, I like, love who, it. I mean, come on. I it's, love it's, that it's you're like thinking, you being a moderate. Is it like you being I'm a, a moderate Democrat? Right? You're, you're a moderate Democrat. Person. Like you know, I'm all. I've got lots of friends. I mean, lots of friends that are gay. In fact, I once had a woman. It was so funny. She, I think she was terrified because of my dad. She was scared of what I might think of her um, because she's gay. But she, no. she told me she goes, "I got something to tell you." I said, "Sure." She's a friend of mine. I said, "Sure." She goes, "I just want you to know I'm gay." I'm gay. And I started laughing. I said, "Honey, I've known that for a long time." That is not news to me. You usually know. I mean, well, she and she's like, I love this woman, and I'm like, she. And I, I felt bad because she was worried about telling me. Yeah. She thought it would change the way that I saw her, and to me, that also, quite frankly, hurt me because I, I don't want someone to judge me, yeah. right? Thinking that I would think badly. I, I don't. She's awesome. She's yes. a great person. I don't care, you know, whatever. Um, but so I, I think we need to to think a little differently, and I, I don't know. I, I agree with you actually. So I hate to say we're coming back around to where I actually agree with you that um, businesses should get out of politics. Yeah. I think a dollar should be a dollar. I think we should be make sure everyone can get whatever they want to buy, and that that that's the way it should be. But do you think that should be federally mandated? Should that be legislated that this is what it is? Whatever your personal beliefs are, those are your personal beliefs. You can't bring them into your business. They got to be, be careful what they are because people then, Chick-fil-A. where's the line? Chick-fil-A. Yeah, where's the line? It's a probably on business they can close if they want, right? Yeah, Chick-fil-A. But I, I haven't, look, you're right. But people boycott Chick-fil-A because of the, the owner's stance on and their beliefs. And that's, is, that, is, that, is that right? No, that's not wrong. Well, that's not wrong. But first of all, that is the best chicken sandwich. You got to give them that. <laughs> okay, you got to get, regardless of whether or not you like them, you got to give it it's the best chicken gotta... sandwich, okay? <sighs> yes. I, I look, I've only eaten at Chick-fil-A one time. What? And there were there were Bible there was a Bible verse or something inside of the package of fries. And although I grew up in a Christian church, I thought this is not the place for John three sixteen. It's it's oh. not the spot. It's not the spot for it. Again, because I, if I don't believe in John three sixteen, or if I'm Muslim. Right. right? If I, you don't have to go to Chick-fil-A. You no, don't have to open up no, the No, but I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have to give up my chicken in order to... Oh. <laughs> like, I should be able to go get my chicken without being preached no, to. I just want to get no. my chicken and my fries. You've only been there once. How would you even know? I, I basically grew up in Chick-fil-A, just so you, you know. You grew up on Chick-fil-A? But, but in Chick-fil-A. No, not on in Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> so the original Dwarf House is across from what's now the, the Porsche um, Center, what used to be the Ford Factory. Uh, an assembly plant. Yeah. And so we would go there after. How about the airport? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So we, in Atlanta airport. So during the campaigning, we would go to the Ford factory and shake hands during shift changes uh, for my father. And he'd drag us with him. Uh, I don't know why we went because we had no babysitter. And we would stand there in between shift changes. We'd go back to Chick-fil-A and get something to eat and he'd get coffee and then we'd go back over. So I've spent, mm. I don't even know how much time I've spent in that Chick-fil-A dwarf right. house. But that was Chick-fil-A then too? It was It was the original, yes. It's what the it original, became. Right, it's the original Chick-fil-A dwarf house. If you go in there, there's actually like a little mural with, with little moving dwarfs. 
That's and a dwarf. <laughs> You're looking like that's not that's that's not right, is it? And that's anti-religious. <laughs> it's fine. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of the John three sixteen? <laughs> no, so you it's and they were good. actual dwarfs. Well, I mean, like real people. They're not real people. No, they were like little fixed. Exactly, they had real people in they costumes. Were, they did not have real chicken. people. Is that what you're, you're just making me? stuff up now. You just make stuff I, I, up. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm thrown off by look. Any religious inclusion in capitalism to me is just a weird marriage. I don't think it should be there. I just want my freaking fries and my damn shake and my I don't eat chicken, but my Impossible Burger. Shout out to Impossible Burger too, by the way. We need I've never we need had Impossible that. Slutty Vegan. We need we need. Impossible Burger. You haven't had Impossible Burger I haven't burger had Impossible Burger. Is it good? Are you crazy? No. We're going to get Impossible Burger immediately. I'm or leave, Beyond I'm Meat. Leave, you haven't had Beyond Meat no, Burgers? Oh gosh. What? That makes me quite a, a little nervous, quite frankly. That's that I'm going to stick with my Chick-fil-A, <laughs> my waffle fries, and my John 316. Well, I'm going to get... I'm, I'm going to love everybody. How about I'm, that? There you go. Okay. I'm going to wrap... I'm going to tear a page out of my my old Bible, because it's pretty old now, mm-hmm. and wrap a, a veggie burger in it just for you. Okay. And make I'm you feel for- right at home. I'm looking forward to it. So as you see, we do not always um, agree on everything, but hopefully... You guys, you know, you now get a chance to see that we can agree to disagree, which is fine, and you too can agree to disagree, and that's the whole that's the whole point of this. That's it. You got to talk. That's it. You got to talk. Got to talk. You got to discuss the issues. Have some white people over your house tonight for for steak and onions. Just just ask some white folks to come by. White people ask you know, your your favorite Afro American friend. Absolutely, you'll, you'll, Leroy you'll... down at the at the job. Oh, what I meant to tell you, you're gonna be so happy about this. So my dad's middle name. Is Leroy, it Leroy. is not Leroy. It is New- not Newton, Leroy. Newton Leroy Gingrich. No you can way. look it up on Wikipedia. Yes, sir, you can. <laughs> Newton Leroy. Are See, you it was, this was destined to happen, you and me. I love it. I know. Exactly. What's up, uh-huh. Leroy? Leroy. Oh, I'm never calling him Newt, ever. He's Leroy from now on. It's Leroy from now. We would have had a president named Leroy. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that have been awesome? Your dad could have been the real first black president. That's exactly right. <laughs> So as you can see, we don't always agree. Sometimes we agree to disagree. But I want to thank you, Jackie, for being my very first official guest on my podcast, We Speak Politics. I'm your host. Tune into us weekly on all streaming platforms. And don't forget to follow us on social media at We Speak Politics and our website, WeSpeakPolitics.com. I'm your host, Maxwell Billion.